back. Hello and welcome to Talking Touring with me, Greg Leach, and the beautiful Liam Sexton. Liam, how you doing, buddy? Who have we got this week? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> you look great. You sound great. I don't think you could be more excited if you tried, Craig. For some reason, all I can think about right this second is Andy Peters. I feel like I'm like I'm, I'm trying to just like get the energy of Andy Peters into this introduction. <laughs> you are definitely channeling your inner Andy Peters. Fucking Andy Peters. <laughs> uh, this week on this week's episode of Talking Touring, we have got Cat Myers. Cat is a, a, a session musician. She's a drummer. Um, me and her met. Like a few years ago, she's playing a band called Honeyblood, and then we both completely forgot about it. And then our mutual friend Gav was like, "Oh, we should get a cat to come on this podcast." And then we realised as soon as we started talking over email that we knew who each other were, which is mad. Um, but she has uh, played for Mogwai, standing in for Martin when he was not very well. She tours with Katie Tunstall. She's played with some fucking huge names in pop music as well, like some fucking big boy names, um, like Greg Wright, obviously X. Michael Jackson band, uh, played for Mick Fleetwood. Um, it's a good one, this, because it's um, a little bit different. Talk a little bit more about that session world. And with that, we'll get on. Enjoy the latest episode of Talking Touring. Bye. Bye. really with this one because like I said to you before like Gav Maxwell who you obviously know um dropped me a line and said oh cat would be really good for the podcast and I was like oh I'm not sure who that is but yeah definitely looked you up and then was like yeah we've we've 100 percent met before <laughs> at a festival and didn't even realize it it's amazing I think it was in yeah Leicester um handmade like quite a while ago Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, and with uh, with Honeyblood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah, I was just yeah, thinking. Yeah. I was like, it's insane that that is something that happens <laughs> so often in our industry. You know, I find that it's just it's something just fucking so common. Oh, just like crossing paths with everyone. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just don't really remember meeting someone, and then you'll meet them down yeah. the line. And yeah, yeah. It's mad, isn't it? It's just proper small world. I think what makes it more difficult is just like. Well, like you meet people quite quickly, and also everyone's dressed in black. Everyone's generally in a rush, especially at a festival. Like, there's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're always like in between other stuff, unless like you happen to have like a night off like in the same time yeah. town as someone, and you end up hanging out. But yeah. <laughs> what does your jumper say? Does it say shit? Oh yeah, it's like a Dave <laughs> Shrigley thing. It's like, <laughs> It's a unicorn shitting. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> uh, I was I was teaching a drum lesson before, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like, I realized I've got a jump on that says "shit," and it was like an eleven-year-old kid, so I had to like quickly like change. And like, I was like looking for a bit of tape. I was like, "I must have electrical tape around yeah. here." Just, like, yeah, but I couldn't find any. So that is, is, uh, is that what you've been doing to keep yourself busy during all this madness? Then you've been teaching. Um, a wee bit. Um, uh, yeah, like that's, that was like what I started doing, like in the emergency situation last, this time last year when I was mm-hmm. like, oh, panic <laughs> stations. No uh, yeah, yeah. And then, 
And then after that, like, so then I got a few students because I haven't, I haven't taught in years. And then I just put like an emergency call out on my Instagram going, anyone want to learn drums? Yeah. And then, um, uh, so I started teaching on Zoom a wee bit. Um, and then I also started writing music. So I've started kind of, um, composing for different things awesome. as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's been all right. It's not been like. It, it was really bad, but then I just like kept hustling and now it's not so bad. It's that hustle, isn't it? That the hustle has had to really come back. I don't know about you, but I, I was, I got a little bit comfy before all of this and like gigs were just coming in and it was all good. I hadn't had to hustle for quite a while. And then all of a sudden it was like, fuck, I need to tell everyone I'm alive. <laughs> Totally, yeah. <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, I think it's the mark of the roadie is, or the mark of a musician as well, is like the ability to hustle when you really fucking need to hustle, you know, because you've been through that um, that stage of your career where you're like, you're just fucking fighting to get somewhere. So as soon as you mm-hmm. get it, like in last year, like you say, it's just, you know, you have to switch it on and get moving and just do what you can to stay stay alive. I very nearly ended up working in an Amazon warehouse, which I'm very fucking glad I didn't do. Nothing wrong with that, but yeah. Well, there is. A lot, I mean, a lot, a lot of people have ended up there, like, that, yeah. you know, uh, far, like very overly qualified, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. I, read I got declined from uh, Tesco's, and I was just like, I can't, I can't face much rejection from Tesco. So that was, that was sold oh man! <laughs> I got rejected from Aldi as well. Yeah, oh, man. yeah, no couldn't way. stock shelves at Aldi. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> fucking hell, no one. Yeah, we won't, we're not going to go down a story of like, yeah, fuck, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you can you tell us a bit about yourself? How you got into touring? Where it all began? And and who you are for our listeners, please. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, my name's Kat. I'm play with various people. Um, I've just started kind of playing with Texas, um, in the past month, but before that I was with Katie Tunstall and before that with Mogwai standing in for Martin. And before that in like my kind of original, old original band, Honeyblood, and before that, a million other small bands that no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Yeah, I think I just did the traditional like toilet tours of like playing lots of like tiny venues to know people, um, just playing with as many musicians as I possibly could. Um, so I was always busy. I wasn't earning any money, but I was always busy just gigging, gigging, gigging. And then eventually the gigs got bigger. And the bands that started yeah. asking me to play for them got bigger. And yeah, that's kind of how it happened. You're I obviously think. doing the right thing then. We love them. <laughs> that is uh, a hell of a name to have dropped in there, Texas. That's <laughs> fucking amazing. That's amazing. So that's just, just come up in the last month then. Yeah. Like they just gave me a call randomly to do, um, just to kind of sit in. Um, and do some pre-records for them. Um, oh, nice. And then they've asked me to do more. Um, so, yeah, it's really fun. I was like, uh, like, we, we we filmed a gig and, uh, well, a gig. Uh, <laughs> as much as a gig can be a gig at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's really fun. Like, I was halfway through playing. I was like, oh, they've got so many bangers. I was, like, yeah. just playing along. Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I totally remember this one. <laughs> yeah, so it's really good fun. It's fun to play. <laughs> That's amazing. I'd fuck it, like... My, one of my favorite bands from that era, um, I'm probably going to get crucified for this, is Lighthouse Family. 
And I would fucking kill for the opportunity to fucking work with that band. It'd be amazing. So like Texas is fucking... I would be lifted to work with. (laughs) I would be living on Ocean Drive. Yes, you you would, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that's great news. I've got a really funny story about um, the lighthouse. Not, I I don't know them or anything, but when me and Gav were in... um, Korea. Mm-hmm. We were in like a hotel room one night and we just put the TV on and K-pop was on. Um so we pressed mute and then Gav just put tunes on his speaker. So we put like the Lighthouse family on. So we had the music from the Lighthouse family with like this K-pop band like dancing to it and it was the most surreal thing. It was hilarious. That is wonderful. <laughs> um, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So that was was that with Mogwai then? That was when you were out with Mogwai. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was with Mogwai. That must have been. I mean, I imagine that you did. You, I was looking at your website. It was saying like you know you got the call. You're in Greece. You flew home, and they're pretty much like a week later out on the road. Was that as terrifying as I imagine it would have been? Um. Yeah, but yeah. well, I well I didn't realize. Um, it, it was, it was okay because I didn't know then what was going to happen. So I, I couldn't, I was only so scared. I mm. thought it was a one-off gig. Everyone thought it was a one-off gig and, yeah. and Martin was just going to get his, he thought he had a bad back and he was going to get sorted. So I was like, right, it's one gig, you know, so I'll just prep for this one what gig. What was it? Had he broken his spine or something like that? Or no, I can't, it was something it was, quite bad though, wasn't it? Yeah. So we thought it was his back because he was playing like kick pedal mm. and it was, like his leg wasn't right and they thought it was to do with his back which it kind of was mm. but ultimately what it was was his heart he's always had pacemakers in that's it yeah um and an old bit of an old pacemaker got infected and then he got all this fluid around the heart that was pressing on the back um and it, it was not in a good way it wasn't in a good shape and luckily they found everything just in time yeah and uh but it was it just meant he was out the, out of the game for ages mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, at, at the time we thought it was just a one-off gig, so I was just like, right, I'll just prep for like the most fun gig of my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so yeah, just kind of transcribing all the songs on the plane, you know, like uh, yeah. <laughs> trying to be as prepared as I could. Uh, and then we did the one gig, and then and then it was just like just be- became apparent that I'd be needed for a bit longer, and each kind of gig. The gig, like a week of gigs turned into a tour, turned into another tour, turned into another tour. So it just kind of went like that. I never really knew how long I had with them. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I guess it's like a, almost like the dream depth gig is that you kind of eventually sink into the woodwork a little bit as well and stay for a long time. So that's quite nice. How did you find it? Just just jumping straight into that world with them or was it like, did you... Did you find yourself melding into the crew and the band and everyone quite easily? Or is it like a little bit of an awkward couple of weeks um, getting to know everyone? I wouldn't say it was awkward. They're also um chill. Um yeah. and I, I so I knew Kenny, the sound guy, Kenny McLeod, um mm-hmm. already because he did um sound for Honeyblood. Oh yeah. So um so we knew each other really, really well um, already. So that was like a good in. And then um, instantly clicked with Gav um, and 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 the boys in the band as well. They're just so welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they've, they've got Alex on guitar and keys and Alex um, is a session guy as well. So um, he's he's a wee bit younger as well. Yeah. 
and um so we were like i could kind of he, he could be my little buddy yeah, to yeah. ask stupid questions <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, Alex, by the way, see this bit, what happens? And it, and it was cool. So, um, but no, it was, it was honestly just, it just felt kind of so smooth. Um, just kind of joining in, joining in with them. Cause I was a, like, they all kind of knew that I was like a bit of a fan of the band anyway. Mm. So they knew that I liked the music. Yeah. It wasn't like I was coming in going this is shite you know yeah 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 she's <laughs> coming in first, straight from pop world <laughs> when you were first <laughs> yeah. playing with them were you it, was it noticeable how loud they are um, or were you quite used to that from previous experiences because they are fucking loud yeah they are loud um that might be one of the reasons why we got on so well because i'm quite a loud drummer as well yeah. and um, perfect and i remember in one of the rehearsals uh i was like you know you, you don't want to push your luck so like too far. So I was like, oh, you know, just, just let me know if you want me to go more crazy and I'll go more crazy or, mm-hmm. you know, if you want me to rein it in. And then Stuart was just like, oh, see in this bit, like literally play as loud as you possibly can. And I was like, you don't need to tell me. Twice, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, on, on that tour, yeah, we broke like, like I broke ride symbols. And Fucking stuff. hell. Like, ridiculous. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, it was really fun. I was just saying, it's not often as a drummer, I don't think, as well, you get told, um, sorry, you're being too quiet. Can you please just be louder? Yeah, yeah. Like, we need more of you. Yeah, it's it, honestly the dream gig. It was like, yeah, so you just like play as loud as you can. I was like, okay, no, yeah, you just don't to tell me again. That's it. That's great to hear. Because I, I mean, like yeah. sometimes I've found it, I mean, coming in as a, as a depth or like, as a guitar tech or like covering for someone as a tour manager, sometimes when you come into another touring camp it can be a little bit odd but that's amazing to hear that they just kind of welcomed you with open arms it's, I mean I've, I've met the guys before a couple of times obviously you know Gav as well and I wouldn't expect anything else but it's amazing that they are they are who you think you are who they who you think they are Does that makes sense yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've really got lost who in that sentence <laughs> who, who am I <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, they're all uh, yeah, super lovely. It's it's just constant jokes and banter all the time. Um, just yeah, that's exactly nice what bunch. you want. That's exactly what you want, especially for a band when you're touring the world, essentially with the band, and you're traveling constantly with those same people all the time. We've said it so many times, but you really need to have such a positive, like a full PMA. You need to be positive as fuck all the time, and just mm-hmm. learn to get along with people for definite. Like it's hard, mm-hmm. hard to travel to like Korea with someone who's a dickhead, you know. <laughs> totally, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, that they're, they're all great, and they're all uh, yeah. It's like a yeah, a weird little goth family. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, coming out of like Honeyblood, was that straight into Katie Tunstall, or did you have like a period of time where you were just working on a few things? Um, yeah, it was straight. So I basically did, um, finished like a campaign with Honeyblood, jumped straight into Mogwai and then did like a year with Mogwai. And then that was kind of straight into Katie. Um, and Honeyblood, we just kind of disbanded like between Mogwai and Katie. Um, like I was, I think I was rehearsing with Katie when we decided to kind of. It's a bit of a change of pace, isn't it? um yeah no it was yeah like yeah it's really funny like every band that I've been in it's 
they're all kind of so different. But then occasionally you'll you'll get like kind of people that were into like Honey Blood, or even before that, I was in like an electronic band before that, and um, they kind of they they were into that. Then they went to Honey Blood. Then they went to Mog. Then they're like, oh, I found Mogwai from like through you. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is your entrance, and then like and then from that they'd be like, oh wow, I've, I'm really into Katie Tunstall now. I'm like, this is mad. Yeah. Like I'm like this weird Venn diagram of like. <laughs> that's fucking great i've never really thought about it like that that's a pretty interesting way for people to discover bands that's cool it's so really i, I completely like thought that you'd gone from Honeyblood to katie to mogwai not in the reverse sorry yeah no it was the other way around yeah, yeah. that's amazing that's cool so yeah. working with katie must be quite nice that must be a nice nice little tour to be on looked after quite well yeah totally no yeah katie's lovely um like we got on like a house on fire straight away um because she had like a new album coming out. She just gave me all the stems for it. And I do a lot of um, like triggering and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's kind of, I was doing loads in Honeyblood. And then I yes. said to Katie, just let me know um, what you want to do live. Like if you don't want to play the track, I'm very happy to kind of trigger everything that no one else can play type of thing. And she was up for that. So um, yeah, in the end, I ended up with like five pedals and like... Right like the SVDSX and then like triggers on the drums. And I was just like triggering, like it turned into like, if you actually had to listen to all of the things I was playing, like acoustically, it would be like a mad metal gig or something. <laughs> I was playing like two pedals with each foot. So it made, it made what, you know, what, what is like a standard kind of pop rock gig. It turned it into like quite a fun, mad thing to play on the drums with all the um, trigger and all the random samples and stuff. I was going to say, because like I know obviously reading from your website, you'd said that you were doing, when it was just you and Katie touring together, you did like your, a lot of your job was doing all that. But back in Honeyblood, I remember you were doing something similar already. Um, you had like, mm. you were playing sort of like a bass on an mm. SPD-X as well as playing drums. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Have I got yeah. that right around? So- yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just had like all the the bass notes like individually mm. on the SPD like um, synth notes, and then it was, so I'd play with my left or whichever hand was free. Yeah. Mostly it's your left hand that has the most free time. Um, yeah. So I'd be playing like bass lines with that hand, and then like drumming with the other. But it kind of worked out. It worked. I out mean, okay. it worked really, really well. It was it was really fucking cool to watch it live. Um, where, where the fuck did the idea for that come from? You just hate bass players, or? <laughs> No, well, I mean, so I joined after the first album, uh, Honey Blood. So there was there was never a bass player when I joined. Oh, like, right. So I toured, I like got roped in. It was like, it was again, it was a total last minute gig. Mm. I got roped in and then we were immediately on tour, touring the first album. Um, and I really missed bass. I missed having, <laughs> having bass. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when we wrote the second album together and then I just started writing bass lines that I would be able to play on... Uh, the SPD um and that's kind of how it happened yeah that's incredible and then I guess probably from that that learning curve there moving into like working with Katie it's just been a case in I, I would imagine challenging yourself to see how much shit you can play all at the same time yeah it's basically yeah it's just like a fun game for me yeah really um because I mean I was I was kind of doing it before Honeyblood as well because I was in uh, a more electronic band um, and we got an SPDSX like the year they came out and I was like this is the best thing ever so I think from from having it like when it very first came out I was uh, yeah it was kind of a bit 
obsessed, but it's just, yeah, it just makes everything more fun. And more things to hit. You recently yeah. got endorsed by them as well, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Um, Congratulations. Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> I have Thanks. to say, like, Roland's um, artist support is fucking incredible. Like, they look after people so, so well. It's amazing to see. So, yeah, congratulations. So and I mean, the SPDX, oh, like, since it's been out, has not really been changed that much. And it is still a fucking staple piece of kit that tours really, really well, is so fucking useful. And I think every single band that, well, probably nearly every band that I've worked with has used one in some way, shape or form. It's fucking Mm -hmm. magic. So good. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's perfect really. It's almost indestructible. Um, It takes quite a lot to go through them. And then it, I mean, everything just works. There's no delay, everything. They're just head and shoulders above yeah. any of the kind of company that, that does anything like that, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like completely... bit... Oh, go on. No, go Sorry. on. Sorry, Craig. I'm just talking all over you. Um, so I was going to say, so I completely agreed with, um, well, I was, again, I was looking at your website saying how like both you and Katie were like trying to not really use backing tracks and things. Obviously, this was the best thing that you could do Um to avoid that like did you end up using any any backing tracks at all is there any track involved in the gig or are you doing everything uh no uh yeah like um i'm trying to think there's maybe like one song that i mean i'm still triggering it on the spd there's well, one yeah. song that's got like a longer sample that's got cause it has, it's got a lot of keys in it and when we're a two-piece yeah i need to you know that's yeah. difficult yeah. but um <laughs> uh but no like the, like every, i was triggering everything yeah the, we we had no it's fucking uh, incredible track. that's incredible amazing a bit of a lesson <laughs> out there for everyone that wants to try and use track all the fucking time <laughs> yeah no it's 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 possible it just takes uh like it it took me a while to kind of work everything out but uh i bet yeah a couple of weeks of just like i've got like sheet i've got like kind of documents that are like excel sheets and stuff with like what can go on what pedal for what song and what can like uh (laughs) all the instruments (laughs) and how to split up all the samples and stuff (laughs) and then different versions of it depending on the the lineup of the band so if it's a three piece or a five piece or a two piece then i can like adjust i've got like different spd settings for each band i fucking love it that's amazing Amazing. <laughs> a bit about your time with Greg Wright. And for those of you who don't know who Greg Wright is, he was the guitarist in Michael Jackson, wasn't he? Which is yeah, mental. Yeah, so the how, guitarist how inside Michael Jackson? <laughs> uh, he just toured with him for, for a bit, I think. Yeah, he was like his live yeah. guitarist for a bit. Uh, yeah, that was like one of my first, I don't know, I guess if you want to call it like session gigs, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, he was wild, like, well, and still is. Like, um, uh, yeah, so he was just coming over for a UK tour and he just does like, plays like bluesy stuff, like Hendrix style, just okay. mad, like very guitar solo, heavy bluesy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were touring like, I don't know, like little theaters and stuff like that around the UK. And, um, he was, uh, he had some wild stories just about, mm. yeah, like, about Michael Jackson, about Prince, about, you know, and I was like, uh, we the first gig we did, there was no rehearsal. Like he landed and then we were playing that night. Terrifying. So, um, 
Yeah, no, perfect. Um, so he got off the plane and uh, I I don't know, I just remember him being like really tall and just like bit like he wasn't he wasn't massive, but in my mind, like he's just a big character. Mm, do you know what yeah, I mean? Mm. Like just um a little intimidating. And I'm like, hiya. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so we we played uh the like the first half of the gig. So there was a little kind of break in between the two sets. And um, and after the break, I was like, I was like, all right, I feel like this is going really well. Like, I didn't in in my mind, I was like, yeah, I think this is going really well. Like, it all seems to be going okay. I know the songs. And then, uh, so I was just like backstage having a beer, and he's like, get. And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> uh, hiya, hiya, pal. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So um, he's like, yeah. Um, so I want you to play. Um, I no what no, what he said is um I don't want you to play drums. I want you to play my songs. And I was like, uh Okay. What? And wow. I was like, and then he explained, and basically in the chorus of the last song that we played, I put one extra bass drum in the beat. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Fucking hell. And I was like, I was like, oh fuck. I was like, right. Uh, and that was on night one. Yeah, yeah, Fuck. of like, yeah, of like, so I was like, I was like, no, no worries, man, sorry, like, it will not happen again, yeah. and then I, like, I went outside, and I was like, oh, man, like, to- he totally gave me the fear, like, it just, like, shook me up, and I was like, right, and then I kind of turned that into, like, right, well, bring it on then, and I just got all, like, yeah. <laughs> like, fighty, not, not fighty, I wasn't gonna yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean, like, I just, I, I just got a bit, like, right, well, I'll show yeah, him. Yeah. Fuck you. Thing. I'll play bass drum. So, I want to play fucking bass drum. Yeah. Brick. <laughs> so then I was like, right, I'm going to play these drums so perfect. Yeah. Like he's not going to know what him. Like, so, um, so I, so we went back and then like we did the next set. And then, uh, after that, he was just like, he was golden. He was totally fine. He was like perfect with me. And like the only thing he would, you know, like, oh, the other thing he would occasionally say, I mean, I think again, it only happened once. He'd be like, um, he'd be like, "Oh, that that last song we played was like one BPM too slow. Wow. Like it was that specific." And I was like, "Oh my god, cool!" That must have really so it was- set a tone for the tour, though. Just like straight away being like perfection. Like you'd be like, "Yeah, well, I get it," but yeah. you know, mate. <laughs> it was. It was like. I kind of liked it in a way because it kind of, I mean, I didn't enjoy it when he was saying that stuff to me, but I mean, it was literally those two occasions Mm. and then I just made sure it never happened again. Like it just gave me that sort of, it gave me that level of perfectionism over what I was doing. And it was things that I'd maybe never thought about before. I'm like, right, okay, so I'm going to get the tempo bang on and I'm going to make sure that every single kick drum is in exactly the right position. And, um, so it just kind of made me, me like that. It fascinates me that an artist can come across without any rehearsal and just expect it to be done like that. I mean, I'm no musician and I know what musicians do is like magical, but it's not mind reading, is it? And if you're going into these without the rehearsals, they can't like, well, I guess, yeah, they can expect the world, but you can't really turn around and say fuck off either, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he is just used to like, you know, Michael Jackson levels yeah. of like perfection. Mm. So it's and like and he told me mad stories about, you know, like the first rehearsal, like Michael Jackson came in and like he's like, I'll play a solo 
and he had to just solo in front of him. And then he went away and then he told him to go away and spend two weeks just practicing with a metronome and turning the metronome off and carrying on playing and then turning it back on and making sure that you're like still in time with it, like doing all that stuff. And he was just like, the Fuck. you just had to be absolutely fit. So I think all of his stories, like everything that he kind of, I I, I feel like I learned so much from him. Like yeah. he was just uh, such a legend kind of, that I was like, right, well, I'm going to take hikes. this and. Yeah, sorry. No, it's all, yeah, I was just going to say, I was just gonna, trying to take it in the most, like, in the best yeah. way I could, and I just learnt from him. Yeah, when you work with these battle axes, like, you, you do have to step up, don't you? I mean, like, as a tour manager, I feel like you just, you do everything you can to make it as good as possible for people, but if it goes wrong, it goes wrong, and if they blame me for it, I'm just like, not my fault, mate. I know what just I'm pass doing. pass the blame. But, yeah, it's just like, <laughs> not my fault this fucking plane didn't arrive. Mm. Don't shout at me, dickhead. <laughs> I feel like TMs get the worst of it. Like, you just get complained at all day. I think that would be the hardest job. Like, I don't, I honestly don't know how you do it. It's like... In the door. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, I fortunately was not blessed with much musical talent, and this was my only option, really. <laughs> um, you kind of get used to it, to be honest, like being complained at. I think what... What I enjoy about it is that even though a lot of the time you are the bad guy and you're going to get the blame for just about everything, what I really enjoy is not when I've been with a band for long enough that I know exactly what each person in that band will want or need during and before a show. Do you know what I mean? So that I can see when a, mm-hmm. and a, band, when a band member is starting to get anxious about a show but they're just about to go on stage and I know that they're like they're either going to want a herbal tea or a beer or they're going to need some manuka honey or you know what they're going to need on stage how many towels they're going to want so before they go oh, Liam I need this. I'm like I've already got it mate it's fine it's all here don't you worry about it that's the bit that I really enjoy is kind of getting to know people mm. that well that you kind of solve their issues before they even realize they have the issue do you know what I mean mm-hmm. that's quite satisfying but I mean, it's that and then getting asked what time are we on stage 50,000 times a day as well. So that's... The Wi-Fi password. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the Wi-Fi password? Where's the dressing room? What time's catering? Just fucking look at your phone. Look at Master Tour. Look at the day sheet. Stop being a fucking... Like, what do you do at home without me? How do you survive? You know, it is daunting when you finish, when you've been touring loads and you go home, you're like, oh man, there's no master tour at home. Mm. When, what do I do? Yeah. What, like, what do I eat? Yeah. And then and then you go to the shop and accidentally buy rider food for the first time. Like, yeah, like, every time. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> Come back with pita breads and like carrot batons. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> you've done a, a fair amount of TV stuff as well, like your, your first gig with Mogwai being on at Made Avail and stuff like do you hate it as a musician doing TV as much as I hate it as a tour manager being involved with TV? Or do you quite enjoy it? It's a lot of mm. sit there, wait, just wait, keep waiting. I prefer a gig. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's yeah. There's TV stuff. It's fine, but it's just... Um, I don't know. It's just not... It's, it's long and boring and... You know, you don't really get, you generally don't get a beer and you've got to be sensible. <laughs> you know, you kind yeah. of. It's all a bit it's, corporate um, and boring. It, it? It, yeah, it's a bit too much like a job, yeah. isn't it? But, 
Well, I'll tell you Definitely. what, that, that just about takes us on in perfect time to start the talking, touring, five questions of happiness. Are you ready for them? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm prepped. <laughs> Excellent. Well, if you would be so kind to tell us your top five venues. Top five venues. Um, okay. Uh, they're not in, do they have to be in order? No, not at all. They have to be in any yeah. order. And they can be oh, anything. Cool. They can be whether you played it, visited a gig, heard about it, read about it. Well, maybe not heard about it. it or read about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a very good emotional connection to a venue that you've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that one I read about in a book years ago. That's the reason I got into this, because I read a book. Um, so, well, I live in Glasgow, so Barrowlands, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Barrowlands, um, of course. King Tut's Yogi. came up for the first time last week, which I couldn't believe has only Ooh. come up once, because I love that place. It's good. It's just a funny shape. It is yeah. a funny shape. In terms of, like... When it's sold out, it's it is it, it is obviously good. Like it's you know obviously yeah. infamous. Mm. But in terms of going to see a gig, yeah, you can't see much if you bit, get the cheap seats, do you? <laughs> it's a bit wonky, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it is it is a it's a, it is a good kind of small sweaty one for sure. Yeah. And I've I've been to a lot of banging gigs there. Um, but there's nothing quite like a, a, a sold out barrows though. That's such a fucking magic event. I mean, as as a band or or as a punter, I think as well. Just yeah, just sold out, sweaty barrowlands at the bouncy floor in the weird seventies dressing room. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> who, who did you play barrowlands with? Uh, I played it with Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I don't know. I feel like I've been there a couple of times, but the last time was with Katie. Amazing. Um, the Barrowlands comes up most uh, weeks. I love it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. It, it's just a, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got nine thirty club. Yeah, nine thirty club. <laughs> I fucking love nine thirty yeah. club. It's so good. It, it's great, and you get they make you cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Great. Have you got your obligatory? I'm I'm a musician in a touring band. Nine thirty club. Um, black hoodie. Um, I've got the t-shirt, which I think, I think I might be wearing it now. I wear it as like, it's my pajamas. I, I um, usually wear my hoodie every day, to be honest. So I'm surprised I'm not yeah. wearing it right now. Yeah, no, uh, I think I've got uh, a t-shirt and I think I got socks as well. Such a good range. Um, they do like, you know, they do baby's clothes there now as well. Do they? Mean yeah, that? it's amazing. Last time we went through, like a couple of the guys That's in the band great. were, um, have had, had daughters and we took mm-hmm. home. So much baby clothes from there. It was great. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I've got a baseball cap as well. I wonder if they do coats yet. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Just get the whole yeah, lot. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and an email request. Coats next, please. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, uh, okay, what else? Oh, first Ave, whilst I'm in America. Uh, uh, first Ave. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did that. Um... 2019 with idols it was like mm-hmm. the last last show of a tour that we did and what a place history so where is it it's so good uh minneapolis it's like where prince it, like you filmed like bit of purple rain in there. no way um yeah, he's he's got reserve reserve parking out the back that's still there 
like no it just way. has yeah just the print sign on the wall yeah. with you know where he, where it's his parking spot so it was like if he ever wanted to come to anything prince just parks in the back and he, he comes in yeah Fucking yeah, it's pretty that good. Cool. And they do um like a purple rain cocktail as well yeah. upstairs. Like in there, there's like a little um like cafe bar thing upstairs. And uh yeah, and but I always have that after the show because it's absolutely lethal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it's a good one. Um, I remember the stage in there being savagely high though, as well. Is am I just imagining it's that? Really Is it high? high? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah, they've got a couple of different rooms. So that's like the big room, hmm. and then they've also got like a smaller room yeah, as well. Just, they've got a wee venue. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that uh, little room. Yeah, which is also pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, Brixton Academy. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's also featured pretty much every single week. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and then uh, the Brudenell. Oh, yeah. Brudenell, yeah. Great no one's show. mentioned that yet. Yeah. But yeah. No way. I don't oh, think no, so. yeah. Well, Brudenell's come up, definitely. But Must have done. Yeah. It's a crime if it hasn't. Yeah, it really fucking it's, is if it hasn't. Fucking love it, there. It's great, yeah. It's just, yeah, the perfect sweaty kind of... I don't know. It's like an old man's club, isn't it? It just like, yeah. reminds me of like back in the day. It's yeah. good. I love, <laughs> I love going there and seeing that you know, like a busy, busy show with like, I don't know, not even necessarily anything like crazy left field, but like with a, like, like some punk bands or some hardcore bands and you see the crowd outside waiting to get in and then you've got the old boys <laughs> in the working men's club, like the juxtaposition <laughs> of the two crowds, the ju- they gel so well as well because everyone's really friendly, but it's just such yeah, a totally. weird environment. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah. And Nathan's a legend as well who runs it. It's what yeah. a fucking guy, really good person. Yeah. Totally no, yeah, it's a good place, and there's always like I don't know the backstage is hilarious because there's no room, so it's yeah. like every single band is just pressed up against like, <laughs> like symbols and stuff. Everyone's yeah. like coming through the kick drum and like. <laughs> oh, I love it! So good. So that's yeah, a it's... a solid solid five venues, I think. <laughs> Very solid yeah. five venues. Good variety. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um... What we got yeah. next? We have got your can't live without item on tour. Can't live without. So for me, I think it would have to be headphones. Nice. Um, Good shout. I take like multiple headphones because just in case I lose a pair. Yeah. So I, I take at least four pairs of headphones with me. Yeah. Um probably. Like in different bags. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um yeah it's just that thing of like you close the curtain on the in your bunk on the bus and you just need to uh, I, I go into catland i call it yeah. it's just mm. like into you your use little your world. Ears, i presume yeah yeah have you ever lost your in ears on tour touch words no yeah sorry <laughs> uh, yeah yeah touch words i don't want bad vibes out there uh, uh well generally someone else looks after them for me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's usually the case um so no but uh yeah no i haven't i haven't lost them so far good um, we're keeping that way i feel terrible if you now lose them <laughs> i did <laughs> get, yeah i got gifted um some beats a while ago for an artist that i was working with we did a beats event in russia and while we were out right. 
did sound check the production went to everyone's hotel room and put like a, a thank you bag in it which was like you know a few treats and stuff and um, and a, a pair of beats for every single person which is amazing and like I, I was out on that tour for like I don't know two months maybe over like and it was around the world so it was loads of flying and they were incredible for flying I left them in a hotel room about two years ago <laughs> absolutely fucking gutted because like they get some shit the the beats but they are pretty fucking decent headphones and i was like i'll just have to buy some more and they're so (laughs) fucking expensive when when you lose something like that it just rocks the world that you've got used to as well it's so fucking annoying i'm the same as you can i carry about five pairs of headphones so because i'm front of house i I keep my ears up at front of house as well and i've got my cans and then about five mm-hmm. half working pairs of um iPhone ones and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make it work somehow. <laughs> Go back to like using because I, I was just using my in-ears then for like flying and listening to music. And I mm-hmm. mean in-ears when you've not got molded in-ears, I just had generic mm-hmm. wearing them for like six hours on a flight is torture like it is not comfortable for your ears at all so i think i've got yeah. calluses in my ears from wearing my ears on flights <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't know where my ears for that long like yeah, it's not a good idea yeah they also get like this is like a hilariously gross story <laughs> but um i like so um with casey the one a guy ben with um would always look after our ears for us. Mm-hmm. And then um, when we like finished the last tour or whatever, um, I took them home with me and I was doing some stuff. I was doing some like um, like masterclasses and stuff in colleges. So I was using them a fair bit um, for that stuff. Um, and then one day I was looking at them and I was like, um, oh man, like these are gross. Like I wonder why all of a sudden they've just started to get gross. They've always been fine. Like I always keep my ears clean. So I was like, Hey Ben, like it's so weird. Like my in-ears have just started getting like dirty and I don't know why, because they've always been clean before. (laughs) He was like, that's because I clean your in-ears after every show. I was like, what? I was like, you do that. And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like. You're like a saint. Like who would clean someone else's in ears? Just like he's like, no, it's fine. That's what I do. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe you do that, Ben. I just like I just thought I, I just thought I had the cleanest ears around. I just thought my in ears were like naturally clean. It's like, oh my god, Ben, you're a saint. I love that. Have you have you seen the little thing that they use? The Hoover. The the Hoover. The little Hoover. Oh, there's a Hoover. No. Yeah. The Hoover's fucking brilliant. It looks like a little, um, like a little soldering iron kind of shape. Ah. It's got a really tiny little um, tip on it, and it goes inside it all and cleans out all the nasty earwax that gets in them. I bet it's quite satisfying. Maybe, maybe he enjoys it. Actually, mm. I mean, it's, it's satisfying to watch. It's proper therapeutic <laughs> just to do it. Sometimes you pull out a big old bit, and it's like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Save that one for later. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be even weirder if he said it's not that clean and just presented you with like a pot of what you've got from an oh old. God. <laughs> oh my god! It's be saving yeah. everyone in yeah. different jars. <laughs> and cat, this is yours at the end of the door. I like, have that. <laughs> what you made me do? <laughs> that is absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. All right then. Well, top sorry. tip. Sorry, for I brought the conversation down. <laughs> no, brilliant. We love going to the gutter <laughs> right here. <laughs> <laughs> what is your top tip for touring? Um, so 
I mean, I think it's just got to be don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so important. That comes up nearly every just week. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just like be considerate, like be, you know, kind of thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Just, yeah. I think when there's so many people living on top of each other on a tour bus, I think that is genuinely the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I can't agree. Yeah. I um, agree completely. Just be a nice, a nice person. Yeah. I think like we we spoke about it previously where it's I do feel like when you get to a stage where you're on a bus, I think everyone has kind of got all that being a dickhead out of them in their touring life, if you know what I mean. So more often than not, you're quite lucky. And I, I have mm. to say, I've never, never really got onto a bus and been like, this is a massive bunch of dickheads. I've been very <laughs> lucky with that. And I always wonder with session musicians, because like a tour manager, I'd stick with a lot of my bands for years on end, and that's just the way it works. But if you are jumping in and out of depping with stuff, and someone does something disgusting on the bus, or like they put their shoes somewhere ridiculous, like does that get to you and affect your bus routines, or do you just kind of just get on with it and adapt to the shittery that some people can be? I th- yeah, I think you've just got to look past it and pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. And because, you know, the last thing you want to do is, you know, kind of rock the boat, co- make make a problem. But yeah, at worst, yeah, yeah, you don't you don't want you don't want to rock the boat. So I just I don't know. I try and keep my head down and just get on with it. But for the most part, like you said, like it, you don't get you'll get the occasional like dick that squeezes through the you know mm. um the mold but for the most part it's um it's nice people yeah. and you know i think i've been very lucky um but yeah if if someone is being a bit of a prick yeah I just kind of ignore it and keep my head down and stay out of their Absolutely. way you know they tend not to last long usually well that's yeah. it it's like that that doesn't really work like the music mm-hmm. industry is a really small place mm. so if that's happening and people talk and then yeah. you know like you won't have a job anymore mm-hmm. you know it's really easy to get replaced yeah like oh, people yeah. do get replaced all oh, just like that so i think it's yeah it is kind of unusual to um yeah it's it's mostly nice people very true i mean i i haven't done for a while but i was teaching occasionally doing some classes at like bim um and uh, a local college in leicester just teaching like a little bit about tour management to like music Mm -hmm. and business students and the the main thing that i would drill into them was like you could be like the the fucking greatest guitar tech that's ever lived you know you could be an absolute fucking wizard at your job but if you're a dickhead you're not going to work with anyone because everyone will just hate you it's not that important it's like it's way more important to be competent and nice at your job that's Mm -hmm. it like you're not the biggest the biggest part of touring is personality that's it, you know. You, you just have to be able to to get along with people because mm-hmm. they say you're not going to last fucking long. Otherwise, you're going to go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, you're completely right. <laughs> okay, right, that leaves us. That leaves us with one more talking touring mega question, doesn't it? And that is best memory. The hardest best question memory. ever. <laughs> I know it's so fucking difficult. I don't know how that got in there. We used to have worst memory as well, so I'm glad that one's gone. (laughs) Yeah, that one went quite quickly after we realised that it was like the last question we asked people, and we're like, "Oh, that's kind of shit." Oh, it stirred up some (laughs) awful memories for some people. We felt well (laughs) guilty. Uh, that could get dark really fast. Yeah, I mean, did do seriously did. 
Um, God, best memory is really hard. Um, God, I've had so many Doesn't highlights. Have to be I feel the like best. Been... Just a few of your highlights uh, will be absolutely fine. If there's nothing that like really will settle for that. <laughs> so I think um, there's a couple of Mogwai shows that stand out. Uh, playing with Mogwai at the Hydro in Glasgow, that was like amazing because they'd never played it either, yeah. and it was just like like a home show it's a and it was big massive show for them. As well. It's a big show, yeah. So that that was amazing. And then also uh Mogwai Primavera um was also in fact both of them, Barcelona and Porto. Yeah. That was yeah um that was also epic. Just because I don't know, just as being like I've been a fan of the band since I was 15, so it just felt so surreal that mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, I'm playing Red Mogwai. Yeah. Um Primavera <laughs> Barcelona is one of the most beautiful places to be in the world it is so magical i love it there it's so nice like the stage it was like it looks out over the sea mm-hmm. and like the sun was setting just like we, as we went on the sun was basically going down and i was it was just like everything about it was just like this is so nice yeah <laughs> yeah um and like the backstage is lovely like you get to try it really nice and it's just yeah it's just like a lovely lovely gig nice place nice people very enjoyable. I did um, Primavera Benidorm uh, in 2019. Amazing. Uh, it was not. <laughs> was it not? I didn't no. even know it was a thing. I, I don't know if it is anymore. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it was not a good time at all. Oh, um, no. oh, well, I mean, it was all right. It wasn't fucking incredible. It was, you know, you, we went to Benidorm, stayed in a hotel that was just full of English people eating full English breakfasts. Oh God! Um, love that. I love a bit of cultural yeah. knowledge. Like it, it was exactly what you'd imagine a festival in Benidorm, Benidorm to actually be like. I'm pretty sure it was right. in a children's theme park. Um, Ooh. judging by the the design of the castle and stuff on the outside of the building, um, that's awesome. They're like water slides and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was at night, so I couldn't tell you, but it right. was just not a good time. We turned up and um, they had not thought about the, the need for bands to build on risers before they go on stage and kind of just stacked all the gear together behind the stage and then put like um, a projector in front of it with visuals onto it. So like I remember talking to the stage manager and was like, we need to get in here. We have to get all of that shit and we have to set it up so that we can get on. And he was like, well, you can't. (laughs) Well, that's not an answer. (laughs) We have to, that's it. And we had to go around the other side of the stage and get all the crew to like lift everything off and over the rails and then bring it back around through the other side of the building. It's a fucking joke. <laughs> Absolute fucking joke. Oh my joke. God. That's a nightmare. So what, what kind of, what was the crowd like? What, what kind of folk were in? Um, I mean, I was there with was I- it regular, like, I was there with Idols doors? and the, the festival right. on it was like quite sort of like post-punky. And that kind of vibe. So the, it was, the crowd was good, definitely. Um, it wasn't just like, you know, we, this was all sort of like a, almost like a, a wireless festival in Benidorm, you know, that, that kind of a lineup. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the crowd was absolutely fine. They had like a really good time. They enjoyed it. There was lots, lots of dancing, lots of singing. But yeah, it was just a 
no one's used to putting gigs on in Benidorm, obviously. Yeah, just a very strange experience <laughs> all around. Yeah. <laughs> just going back to that Hydro show, did uh, Mogwai take in a load of production for that? Um, the reason I ask is we had Chris Johnson on a couple of weeks ago, who is Gaga and all that, and he says even after years of being a drummer and having a shit ton of pyro around him, it still scares the shit out of him. Like, Have, have you experienced that, like... The closeness of horrific pyro on those big production shows. Um. Oh my god! I wish Mogwai had pyro for that. I would fucking it would be really cool. Because I think I think they would shit themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, we didn't have pyro. Um, but I've yeah, no, I've I've not really experienced pyro on a big scale. Yeah. Um, they just had like insane amounts of lights and yeah. smoke. Um. Just the usual kind of, yeah. Lots yeah, they of... love smoke. Yeah. It's usually quite yeah. a foggy stage for a Mogwai stage. It's like, have you seen a Sano show? It's just fucking, uh, like, you can't see anything. It's just like a wall of amps and fire blokes yeah. in, in hoods just making droney <laughs> guitar noises. It's amazing, but yeah. Yeah. The same with the Mogwai no, show, I think. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, very similar to that. In fact, to the point where we played in LA and... um it was like reviewed and I was reading the review of the gig mm-hmm. and um, the person that reviewed it was like, oh, and um, Martin was wearing his uh, Thin Lizzy t-shirt and like he played amazingly. And I was like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> like they thought, they actually thought I was Martin. I'm like, well, fair play. Like I am like <laughs> surrounded in smoke. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm actually really happy that they thought I was Martin. That means I'm doing yeah, my job. That means you did a great job. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it was quite funny. It was like, yeah, Martin was wearing a thin Lizzie t-shirt. I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, that's such a good place, I think, to uh, to finish there. Kat, thank you so much for coming on, uh, coming on Talking Touring. It's been a fucking pleasure talking to oh, you. Thanks for having me. And it's been yeah, amazing. It's been lovely. So Any great time. to meet you, and I hope we get to like actually meet properly when all this shitness is over. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I really hope we can uh, cross paths at a... Uh, maybe uh, Texas and Lighthouse family will do some sort of gig and I can hook you up with a guest there. Absolutely. We can only hope. <laughs> Absolutely. We can only hope. <laughs> then we'll be double lifted. <laughs> That'll make me well happy. <laughs> On Ocean Drive, by the song they've done. <laughs> that's it. That's the only two that matter. It's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. I'll just join blanks <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Kat. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. It was awesome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Talking Tour.